0: Welcome to Water and Power Leadership, a podcast from CMUA, the California Municipal Utilities Association. I'm Matt Williams, CMUA's Communications Director. Joining me for this episode is Chris Garner, General Manager of the City of Long Beach, California's Water Department. Chris has a broad perspective. He previously led Long Beach's gas utility for two decades we talked about what it has been like to lead a utility during the pandemic, how we got started in the industry, and what the future might look like for the utility sector. Thanks for being here, Chris. To start, uh, what are some of the basics we should know about the Long Beach Water Department, and what are you working on right now?
1: We were started in 1911 in Long Beach, and so we're uh, a little over 100 years old uh, serving Long Beach. Um, we have 90,000 customers, um, we have sales of about $150 million. We have both water and wastewater services that we provide. And employees, we have about 270 full-time employees. Um, it's made up um, obviously uh, field workers and office employees. Um, and from a water supply standpoint, uh, everybody's different and uh, we're about 60% local groundwater supply. And then the difference, the 40% comes from Metropolitan Water District, imported water. And for the groundwater, we have a state-of-the-art groundwater treatment plant that we operate. And uh, very proud of that uh, full lab. And uh, um, I'd say that our our water stacks up well against anybody's. Something that uh, Long Beach Water is known for is our conservation. Um, We've been a leader in the state on conservation well before the the last drought started. And so we had a great head start um, with our community in getting them to really um, be very conscious of how they use their water supply. Um, And a good example of that, we went back and looked, and the total water deliveries today to Long Beach customers is the same volume as it was back in the 1950s, even though we've had a 40% increase in Uh, the population in Long Beach. And so we're very, very proud of that. Um, We have a great lawn to garden program that's been very, very successful and embraced by the community. Um, Something else that we're working on right now that um, is near and dear to my heart is the AMI or smart meter program. Um, When I was at the uh, gas utility, we started that about uh, five, six years ago and did all um, over 150,000 gas meters and now we're doing all 90,000 water meters, and we should have that done uh, roughly by the end of the calendar year, early 2021. And once we have that, then all meters, uh, Edison meters in Long Beach, gas and water meters will all be smart meters, and so there'll be no more manual meter reading in Long Beach. Um, Something else I wanted to mention is that uh, one of the things that we're looking at doing in Long Beach, and we've talked about it for Decades is combining our natural gas utility and our water utility under one roof. And so that's one of the things that I really am trying to push. Um, It would require a charter change, so it requires a vote of the public. And so politics gets involved um, that we're looking to do that uh, hopefully in 2022, which is the next general election for us. Um, We could not get on the ballot for this year. And so 2022 is the first chance for that.
0: You spent the bulk of your career with Long Beach on the energy side of the utility. How did you get to where you are today managing the water utility?
1: Well, I was born and raised in Long Beach. And um, after college, I started uh, with Security Pacific Bank. And so I was in the banking industry. And I was being transferred all over Southern California. So I thought, well, if I work for the city of Long Beach, I uh, will stay close to home. So I applied with the city of Long Beach and. Back in 1984, um, got hired um, and handled leases for the city, property leases. And then my department was written out of the budget. And um, so then I was transferred uh, to the city's gas utility. So Long Beach is one of the few cities in California that has its own uh, natural gas utilities, full service. Um, And so I was there for about 27 years. Um, I was named general manager of the gas utility back in 19... 98 or 1997 um, and so i ran that uh, utility for quite a few years um, and then we joined with um, oil properties so the city of long beach is unique in the sense that we also have um, with the trustee for the state of california for all the oil operations and it's a major oil field offshore of long beach or the wilmington oil field and in a good year, good year meaning that uh, oil prices are high um, we were transferred to the, the state, net profit, somewhere about half a billion dollars a year. Um, so it's a major, major operation. So we were both gas and oil operation. And then we also had a uh, waste of energy power plant, um, uh, largest on the West Coast. And so we ran that for uh, quite a few years. And then about five years ago, um, Kevin Wadier uh, retired from the city of Long Beach's water utility. And so um, the opening came up, I hadn't really thought about it, but um, it it was brought to my attention that uh, I should probably apply. Um, It was interesting coming from the energy side to the water side, just the differences in the the utilities. Um, In Long Beach, um, we're sort of uh, odd in the sense that our natural gas utility reports directly to the city manager, the general manager does. And on the water side, we have a, a five member uh, water commission. And so um, big difference there. And, uh, but it's, it's been very enjoyable uh, learning the differences. The Utility side is pretty much the same, you know, delivering customer service. It's the other aspects of uh, where we get the water from and how it's transported is much different than the energy side. So that's how I ended up at water.
0: You said the department has about 270 employees. How do you think they would describe your leadership philosophy?
1: Because I don't have the technical background. uh, When I first came here, Um, I had to really rely upon my management team. And luckily, I had a very, very good management team. And so I really tried to empower them to make decisions. Um, I think they were a little uh, gun-shy and afraid to make uh, decisions on their own. I've I've tried to change that culture where um, you go out there, you represent the department, and you're empowered to make the decisions, make the calls. I um, mean, they've embraced that. Um, and I think that's made a huge difference in morale. Um, they just feel like they have real ownership of their area of expertise. And uh, now, certainly, I weigh in. Um, but I weigh in from, and I think this is actually a, a benefit. I've had this in other areas of my career, um, more as a uh, perspective from a customer standpoint. And so, we really try and stress customer service. Uh, and so I look at it through a filter of the customer. I look at it through the filter of the commission and the uh, city council. And um, um, I, I, I think that was somewhat lacking uh, when I got here. They uh, did not have the understanding or appreciation of how involved city council can be in the community. And so we've really tried to change that culture.
0: That's interesting. Obviously, the last six months or so have been more ch- challenging than most periods of time, um, you know, as we talk right now, we're in the, still in the middle of the pandemic and all the social change we're seeing worldwide. As your uh, role as the GM, uh, what have you been working on and focused on related to these big issues?
1: Well, it's interesting with COVID, the um, city of Long Beach again is unique and we have our own health department. Um, so us in Pasadena, I believe we're the only ones in Southern California that have our own health department. Everybody else is under the county's jurisdiction and so we've uh being a city department head i've been working very closely with the health department department head and it's been just interesting to see the changes and you know when it first started um i was under the mistaken impression okay we'll just suck it up for a month or two and uh, then go back to normal and obviously that did not pan out again with our own health department in in long beach we have um, um testing available to long beach employees that's not available to the general public and so um, if we have a positive test or we feel like someone's been exposed we can get jumped to the front of the line and get that person tested and hopefully give them some um, peace of mind that uh, they're not infected um, we work with cmua we got uh, PPE equipment for everybody and uh, uh, we've done some polling of our employees and they seem very very satisfied that uh, we're taking the right steps and to keep them safe. It's a little difficult uh, with, um, we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the mixture of field employees and office employees. And in the beginning, we tried to let everybody work from home to the full extent possible, but uh, obviously with field employees and pipelines and water quality and so on, that wasn't entirely possible long-term for everybody. So we have all our field people back to work and they've been back to work for several months now. Um, the office employees are still um, coming into work um, on occasion, working from home on occasion, and it's different depending on uh, what work they, type of work that they do. Um, we have provided each of our employees uh, digital thermometers uh, for their take-home, and so they can test themselves, uh, take their temperature, and run through the checklist uh, before they come to work. And I, I think the employees appreciate that, that also. As far as uh, the racial equity, um, you, we were hit pretty hard in Long Beach. Uh, we had some civil uh, unrest and uh, looting. And um, so it, it was right in front and center with us. And so we had, I was fortunate I had some employees that uh, wanted to come in and do some listening sessions and, uh, on a voluntary basis. And uh, I thought it was very good from the sense that it wasn't from the top down, it was a uh, peer-to-peer, and so it's voluntary. And so we've set up several listening sessions and, um, um, I, again, directed by staff. Um, I had s- some involvement in the beginning to just introduce it, kick it off, and then I let uh, people have an open forum and, and without me in the room so they could open up. And then we had another one where I, I was in the room so I could hear uh, what people wanted to tell me. Um, very open discussions and very positive. Um, you know, one of the things I look back at when I started with the city in 1984, um, and it wasn't just racial equity discussion, it was also gender. I went back and looked, and when I started in the city in 1984, the racial makeup of our elected officials and department heads, it was 92% white and uh, obviously 8%, um, I believe it was uh, Asian and uh, African-American. Uh, no Latin, Latinos, and now it's 42% white, 33% Latino and 25% black. So we've made huge progress in the city in that regard as far as the leadership team. As far as male and female, um, back in 84, it was 86% male, 14% female. And now it's a little over 50% male and a little under 50% female, but it's a pretty, a pretty evenly spread. That's the leadership team. So that includes all our elected officials, City manager and department heads. So, Long Beach, uh, um, we were ranked number one in the nation as far as diversity a couple of years ago. Um, so, it's uh, something obviously uh, very top of the list as far as the community and what they want to see within Long Beach. And so, the city's done a good job of that, and uh, now it's just second nature. And then, the other thing that uh, we work with employees um, on their suggestion is we're looking on doing uh, increased mentorship within the department to try and expose people to different areas of the department and uh, where they can have some job growth and uh, just expose more people so that they they have a broader uh, um, sense of who we can hire for certain positions and uh, employees seem to really embrace that.
0: Backtrack uh, to to COVID one more time. Um, Obviously you have some field workers that are, you know, need to come into work and to do their job, but then you have some office staff that are working off site or, at home, um, on occasion, how have you had to adapt as the GM to you know th- this different way that people are working in, in the past several months? You said initially you thought this might only last two months, and most people thought that, but now it's sort of a long haul type of thing. How have you had to adapt?
1: It's it's been difficult because um, I'm a people person, and uh, I come to the office every day, and I have since it started. Um, and it, it can be empty sometimes, and um, it's a little difficult. So I had to get used to using the technology, um, so I had to get used to that. It's not the same, obviously, as face-to-face, and so I, I miss that. Uh, we have started having voluntary meetings with employees where um, myself and some of the management team uh, just basically go down into our, our large meeting room, and whoever wants to come and talk to us about anything, just to get the face time, um, obviously with social distancing and we limit the number of people, but, uh, it's, it's helped start again, the dialogue on face to face. And I, and I think we've been missing that.
0: That's interesting. Um, you know, when we eventually get beyond this crisis, hopefully eventually, uh, mm-hmm. what do you see happening in the next 10 years in the utility space, both water and energy, you having worked in both areas?
1: I think one of the things that you're seeing now, and you're going to see more and more of that, is just regional projects um, and interagency coordination. Um, On the water side, I was shocked at just the number of water utilities and agencies in California. It's just mind-blowing. And some very, very, very small ones. And I wasn't used to that. Um, I was used to working as more of a regional uh, basis. And so I, I think you're gonna see that more and more on the water side, you just have to. Um, anything that I do in Long Beach can impact my neighboring cities. Um, it, it, if I have a different source of water, it could negatively or positively impact uh, my neighboring city. So I, I think you just have to have the interagency coordination. Um, on the water side, I would see stormwater capture, uh, you know, during the drought, every time um when it finally started raining and pouring um was the first thing out of people's mouths look at all this water going out to the ocean uh why aren't we capturing that um and so we have to explain uh you know costs and benefits and uh but you're seeing more and more of that again on a regional basis how we capture that water before it gets to the ocean and then groundwater augmentation Um, uh, you know groundwater tables were really hurt through the drought uh, people saw the rain, they saw the reservoirs um, filled and they forget about the groundwater basins and uh, the impact, the long-term impact that the drought has had on that. So we have to build that back up again. And then I think barring a page from Orange County, I think you're going to see a lot more indirect potable water reuse. So we're talking to uh, LA County and LA City about possible uh, projects that we can work on with them in Metropolitan Water District um, on a regional basis that would uh, use indirect potable water re- reuse. And then lastly on the energy side, um, this just was on our uh, table the last week was uh, community choice aggregation. Obviously that's taken off um, much more in the north than the south, um, but now with a Clean Power Alliance, uh, it has taken, um, I think they have like 20 or 30 cities now under their umbrella. And so we, they were approached and so we did a study in Long Beach. Uh, we did not go forward with a CCA, um, but we are continuing to look at that um, as a possibility. Um, with the state looking at electrifying everything under the sun—no in, pun intended—in Lo- in California, um, it's changing things, and they're going to have to look. You know, we had the two blackouts um, a couple weeks ago, and the grid is changing, and we have to recognize that. So with the increase of renewables on the grid um, and how that impacts how power is delivered, you're going to have to change, you know, you don't have the batteries available today, at least not to the magnitude needed to really have the the magnitude of solar and wind onto the grid and manage the grid properly uh, without blackouts. So you're going to have to see a complete reinvention, I think, of how we manage the grid. And I think the ISO is obviously taking a look at that. along with the PUC and uh, the Energy Commission. We have some, we installed some batteries here in Long Beach uh, for our tre- treatment plant. They helped a bit, um, but not to the extent that's needed. And so we're gonna take a look at that also in Long Beach. I think, I think those are the areas of both water and uh, energy that are gonna be big in the next uh, few years.
0: On the topic of batteries, uh, you said you have some uh, installed on the wastewater plant. What have what What's your feeling as far as what the ROI is? As you said, the state of California is going to need to build many more batteries to deal with the the solar, the glut of solar, and those plans are underway. But it's going to take years. What What have your observations been about your battery system at the at the plant?
1: Well, um, we did a guaranteed savings, and uh, those savings are coming in. Um, as promised um, financially, um, but the output um, of the batteries is not uh, near where uh, we had hoped. And I would say it's operating maybe about uh, less than 50% of what was anticipated. And so we have to tweak that. Uh, We're going to get together with the company and uh, take another look at that and see how we can uh, get the output up where it's supposed to be.
0: What other types of technologies do you see as being important going forward?
1: Smart meters and AMI. I think that's a game changer on the utility side, um, how we're going to be communicating with our customers. Um, In Long Beach, one of the things we're looking at is, and I I, I think this will be fantastic if we uh, handle it properly, is right now, because we have our gas and water utilities, if you don't pay your bill, we send someone out there um, and shut off both gas and water you come home from work, you're out of gas, you're out of water, you call up, um, you make a payment, you pay, a, I think it's a $70 penalty fee on top of that. Um, so now you're upset, um, you've made the payment, and then we tell you, okay, it's going to be a few days before we can restore service because we have to go inside your house to turn the gas back on, which means that you're going to have to take off work. So with the new technology, um, we're not quite there yet in Long Beach, but we will be. Um, we'll be able to remotely turn services back on, not on the gas side, but on the water side. And uh, so you come home, you know, if your water's been turned off, we could turn it back on remotely and we probably wouldn't turn the gas off. Um, The other key technology in that regard is, and the technology's here, I got to get it in Long Beach, is where we ratchet down. So you don't, instead of shutting you off, we would ratchet down the flow of water pressure into your house. And so you would come home, say 9 o'clock at night from work, and uh, you turn on the water in the shower, you still have water to take a shower, but you realize, wow, I'm close to getting my water shut off, make the payment, and we avoid the trucks out to your house, we avoid you taking off work, we avoid the penalties, and so on. So I, I, I think that's a game changer in just that regard. And then just obviously the information that is provided from smart meters to both to the utilities and to the customers. Um, I I think it will help us better serve the customers. And then conservation, I think people, at least in Long Beach, have certainly understand the importance of conserving um, on the water side. And uh, with this drought, uh, we push that message uh, hard on our customers. They've heard it, and we have not seen the bounce back um, after the drought ended that we were fearful of. Um, People are still conserving, and uh, we certainly appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that's good news. Uh, do you feel like there's more, um, more to be done as far as per capita conservation? Can you get more out of people?
1: I mean, you can always get a little bit more. Um, you know, we still have lawns and so on. So, um, but I think people are really understanding it. We've done a, a strong job in Long Beach of uh, uh, educating uh, people in grade school, high school, college. Uh, we're really trying to get the message out there early. Uh, to customers so that when they become adults, uh, you know, it's it's just a a way of life for them.
0: Switching gears, you're currently board president of the California Municipal Utilities Association. What are some of the goals you have for your term?
1: Um, I I think, especially in these times, peer support is very, very important. Um, We can all learn from each other, and obviously with the strength of membership at CMEA, um, both on the energy side and the water side, we can all learn from each other. And you, just like anything, you get out of it what you put into it. So um, trying to get uh, uh, people to really be involved in Way and trade ideas and build the uh, relationships amongst the different utilities, I, I, I think that's just critical. Um, then, obviously, innovation. You know, i was just talking about the AMI with Long Beach. Any utility that wanted to come down and take a look at what we're doing, uh, good and, and bad, uh, we'd be happy to share that with anybody. And I, I think that goes across the spectrum of all utilities in, in California. Everybody's willing to help, um, but we need to bridge that so that uh, it just becomes second nature to pick up the phone, call your fellow utilities, and find out what they're doing well and what, they're, uh, what issues they're facing. And then obviously, financial stability. Uh, we got to keep that going. Um, I think we're in good shape right now, um, but that has to be always on the radar screen.
0: Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add or mention?
1: These are very interesting times. Um, again, we're looking at the potentially energy crisis in California. Drought is always around the corner. And so um, you know, with technology changing, I think these are very, very interesting times. Then you throw on top of that, the racial unrest and the uh, uh, COVID pandemic, and uh, you know you got some very, very interesting times going on right now.
0: Thanks for listening to Water and Power Leadership, a CMUA production. Please consider subscribing or writing a review. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Matt Williams for CMUA.